You are listening to the First Tech Podcast. These podcasts are designed for authorised financial advisors. If you're not an authorised financial advisor, it's important you understand the content of this podcast may be difficult to follow, as it assumes you have the necessary training, qualifications and experience to understand the concepts discussed as well as the technical language used. If you still decide to listen, please understand the information contained in this recording is general information only and does not take into account any of your personal circumstances, needs or objectives. Any scenarios considered during this podcast are purely hypothetical and for illustrated purposes only and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase, hold or sell any financial products or take any other course of action. Under existing rules, a Centrelink client is required to report their employment income to Centrelink once they've earned it, which actually can be before it's paid. As a result, many clients are required to estimate their pay, which can lead to errors and both over and underpayment issues. My name is Craig Day, and here to discuss some important changes in relation to the reporting of employment income is Kim Guest, one of my senior technical services managers in the team. Hi, Kim. Hi, Craig. Now, Kim, we're back in the office. I know. It's, it's how exciting. Ex- how exciting is this? I tell you what, reporting, uh, recording some podcasts over the last nine odd months, um, you get some interesting kind of outcomes. As a result, uh, you know, my dog has actually garnered a bit of a, a fan base. Yeah. Uh, he started barking on our podcast during the, uh, what was it, the deeming rate, historically low deeming rate podcast? Could have been, yeah. Yeah, so um, we were talking about uh, naked retirees and, and Gus the dog got very excited by the whole thing. Just that and crying children and cars yeah. and some guys starting. It's cockatoo, mm. some guys starting a chainsaw. Um, such was the COVID experience, but not mm. today. We're back in the office. No, it's going to be very quiet and, and conservative. Excellent. Now, mm. reporting of employment income. Now, you're going to tell me that something's changes, cha- changing, but before we go into what those changes are, mm-hmm. can you explain to me how the current rules work and why that causes a problem that needs to be changed? Certainly. So um, under the current rules, people report their employment income um, on usually a fortnightly basis mm-hmm. um, in what's called an instalment period. And they they report when they have earned the money. So, they, you know, if they've done some days of employment in the previous 14 days, they, they say, okay, I've worked this number of hours and I think I'm going to be paid, you know, um, about this amount of money. And, of course, because they're not really sure how much they're going to be paid, they, they haven't actually got the money yet, they haven't got the pay slip yet, they don't mm-hmm. know what they're, they're being paid by their employer, that can lead to some problems with, um, you know, underestimating or overestimating the amount they're going to be paid. So, so how would that happen? So I would imagine you're simply saying, okay, last week I worked 15 hours or 40 hours, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, my pay rate is X dollars an hour. Yeah. How, how do I get that wrong? Well, there can be all sorts of things like overtime and allowances and all sorts of things that can change the pay rate so that it's not always a flat amount of pay per hour. And people can always also have trouble with, you know, exactly the hours they worked and all that sort of thing. So it's much easier if they've got a pay slip that shows them the details rather than you know, having to work it out for themselves. Yeah. In fact, actually going off on a segue, my, my, wife, my wife works as a consultant and one of the areas she works in is enterprise bargaining and all these kind of stuff. Um, and one of the areas she's done a lot of consulting in is where employers 
actually mm. underpay people because mm. the whole um, remuneration system and the awards and different loadings and allowances in this make it so complex yeah. that employers have been underpaying their employees. So, you right. know, even in the press you've heard some of the big, you know, supermarket chains, et cetera, have, have been underpaying people. So mm. it's little surprise that yeah. uh, people, people get it are, wrong. are getting it wrong. Yeah. 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 So And then that leads to an over or underpayment. So what's the outcome of that? Yeah, so then they get um, an overpayment or an underpayment for Centrelink, of their Centrelink payments. And so that can mean they get an overpayment letter from Centrelink and they have to repay some yeah. money, which is a pain. Or yeah. if they've un been underpaid, then Centrelink can um, pay them the amount that they're owed. But it just becomes a difficult process yeah. um, having it this way. A lot, a lot more red tape in the system, a lot more wheels turning just to make sure you get it right. Yeah. 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 So obviously... Um, the government's changing that to try and address this issue. So what, they are, are, they, what yeah. are they doing? Uh, well, from the 7th of December 2020, the rules are changing so that instead of um, clients reporting when they have done the work to earn the income, they actually only report once they've actually been paid by the employer. And so by doing that, they can actually look at their payslip and see how much they got paid and see the number of hours that they got paid. And so they're not estimating anymore. Mm -hmm. They're actually just reporting the actual amount that they've been paid. And also, I think there's a, a change in relation to, is the ATO actually reporting this information through yeah. to Centrelink, aren't they? Yeah, so this is a big change is that, um, you know, the new single touch payroll system where employers report all of their, um, you know, the amounts that they're paying to the ATO electronically means that the ATO have a lot more information at their disposal now yes. and they can actually, <laughs> they're actually transmitting that employment income information directly to Centrelink. And Centrelink is going to use that information to pre-fill the screens that people report their employment income on. So they'll right. be able to see you weren't 800 bucks for yep. you know for this employment period. How many hours of work does this represent? And they'll fill that out. And um, as long as it's the correct information, they just tick that it's correct, and that's it. Right. So that'll that'll make it a lot easier actually for Centrelink clients instead mm. of having to go and do all these calculations and hope that they've got yeah. it right yeah um, they simply go on to the Centrelink system somewhere and tick a box that yes that's the that's the correct amount of income that I've earned yeah and um, and it all then rolls through so yeah. I would imagine that if I'm an employee that gets paid fortnightly mm. that works a treat for me right? yeah it's pretty straightforward yep. so the amount you get paid in that fortnight um, gets treated as employment income in that instalment period. However, you know where I'm going, don't you? Because yes. not everyone gets paid on a fortnightly, fortnightly no. basis. So what happens if I, let's say my employer pays me once a month yeah, uh, and I get a big whack of income in that one fortnight, are they going to think that I've earned all of that in one fortnight? I hope not. No, they don't. And this is where the rules get a little bit more tricky. Um, so what they do is they... Say, okay, how much did you get paid for that month? How many days does that employment period represent? So it'll be a month's worth. So we'll mm -hmm. divide it by, by the number of days to get a daily amount. Mm -hmm. And then we'll assess 14 days worth in that 14-day instalment period. Yep. And any other days, you know, so maybe you've been paid 30 days worth, the other 16 will push forward to future instalment periods to assess it then. Right. So okay. they're, they're not assessing it all in the same 14 days. They're going to spread it out over a couple of different 14-day periods so that it's not 
you know, reducing so you get, your payment all at once. You're getting assessed over the period for which the pay relates, essentially. Yeah, so it, it relates to 30 days and it's kind of spread forwards yep. from that point of payment on to 30 days. Yep. Yeah, okay. effectively. Now, there's a slightly different rule for aged pensioners, I understand. There is, yeah. So they've got this special rule uh, for, for pensioners. So aged pensioners, disability support pension, um, carer payment, um, that if they get paid on the same day each month, so say maybe you get paid every month on the 15th, um, and they don't want your pension to go up and down as that sort of fortnightly um, calculation yep. occurs. Mm -hmm. So what they what they do in that case is they, they get your income and they turn it into a daily amount and then they just assess that for each 14-day period, 14 days worth of payment in each 14-day period. So it, your pension's not going up or down. It's just a smooth amount of income that's assessed over the period. Right, okay, Yeah. terrific. All right, now I think that's pretty much it we've you know it's a pretty simple change i think it sounds like a good change for people hopefully it will make things simpler mm. is there anything else yeah there's a little bit um so I, I've made it sound fairly simple. There is a few calculations that are going on in the background, particularly where somebody is getting paid more, you know, for bigger periods than 14 days. Yep. So you might want to have a look at our Did You Know for more information about yep. that, how that's calculated. But the other tricky thing to be aware of is there's a kind of a little transition period because we're moving from people reporting their income when they earned it to people reporting their income when they're paid it. And so when that change happens around the 7th of December, you don't want people being reporting their income twice, once when they earned it and once mm -hmm. when they paid it and then you know, their, their yep. income is being double counted and they don't get enough selling entitlements. So there's a bit of a transition period there where um, if, they, if they report their income online through MyGov or through the Express Plus app, it will actually ask them the required details like when did you work and how much were you paid and it'll work out. Um, this transition period so it's not double counted. Um, alternatively, if that's not the way they report their income, there's this calculator on the um, Centrelink website where they can figure out the adjustment so that they're not double counting their income just in those kind of, you know, couple of weeks around the 7th of right. December so it's not double counted. Okay. So if you, as Kim said, if you want more information on that, we have a Did You Know article available on the First Tech website. So that's pretty much a wrap. Kim, um, great mm -hmm. thing is... No Gus the Golden Retriever barking, no <laughs> chainsaws, no cockatoos screeching. Um, no. It's not quite as fun, is no, it? No, <laughs> it's not. I think we should go back to doing it at home. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, guys, uh, wishing you all a happy summer and festive period uh, for those that are still listening and a prosperous 2021. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the First Tech Podcast. Please remember these podcasts are designed for authorised financial advisors. If you're not an authorised financial advisor, you need to remember that any scenarios considered during this podcast were for purely hypothetical and illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase, hold or sell any financial products or take any other course of action. And finally, you should read the relevant product disclosure statement before making any investment decision and once again consider talking to a financial advisor. While all care has been taken in preparation of this podcast using sources we believe to be reliable and accurate, no person, including Colonial First Aid Investments Limited or Commonwealth Bank Group of Companies, accepts responsibility for any loss suffered by any person arising from reliance on this information.